That's the sound of the coffee pouring. Welcome to the Doctor's Brew. I'm your host, Dr. Abdelaziz Al Khayyat, and having coffee with us today is Dr. Joanne Hand. Welcome, welcome. Thank you. It's a pleasure being here. We're so happy to have you here. So, a big theme of this podcast, for those of you watching or listening, has definitely been uh, mental health. We've heard a lot from doctors about their thoughts on looking after the mental health of their patients and looking after the mental health of themselves. However, today we're going to gain perspective about mental health uh, a little bit outside of medicine. Uh, for the first time on the podcast, our guest is a non-medical doctor. Uh, Dr. Joanne Hans uh, is a clinical psychologist, psychologist or clinical psychologist? Clinical psychologist. Clinical psychologist uh, who earned her PhD from the Chicago School of Profession, uh, Professional Psychology in Chicago, Illinois in the States and her master's in uh, uh, science degree in uh, clinical mental health counseling from Loyola University in New Orleans, oh. Louisiana. Yeah, that must have been fun. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I always wanted to go to New Orleans. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and in Kuwait, she is the clinical director for the Kuwait Counseling Center. And we're going to talk a little bit about uh, her work there and what the center does. Uh, and she's also working as a therapist there f with over 23 years of experience. And on top of that, she's done literally everything. She, I just found out minutes before ta uh, taping that she uh, had a TV show on KTV for, <laughs> for some time. She's the president of the Middle East Psychological Association. Uh, so once again, we have another person on the podcast that does literally everything. And I'm so happy to have you here because when we bring on people like yourself, uh, we always get this comment of, this was so inspiring. I learned so much. I want, you know, I want to follow in your foot, uh, footsteps. So I'm really excited I to have you. I hope I can be inspiring too. <laughs> uh, already from this two minute discussion that we had before taping, I'm already inspired. Mm -hmm. Very excited to dive in here. Uh, so, before we go into things, we always talk about two things. Uh, we're going to do some shout-outs. We're going to do some coffee discussion. Uh, first, let's... Uh, the elephant in the room. Uh-oh, coffee discussion. <laughs> <laughs> There's no coffee over no there. No coffee. Just water. <laughs> Just water. <laughs> so, again, another sin committed on the doctor's brew. We apologize. <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> Dr. Joanne does not drink uh, coffee. Never. Never. Uh, it's interesting because when I moved to Kuwait 18 years ago, um, everybody was telling me, you're the worst guest because <laughs> the first thing they do is to offer you coffee. Mm -hmm. And if it's not coffee, it's tea. And I don't drink any. I don't drink coffee and I don't drink tea. <laughs> when I have to have something, and I would just ask for like some chamomile or jasmine tea. Mm -hmm. But um, it's just not something that I... I develop the taste for it. I just cannot. I love the smell of coffee, but I cannot stand the taste of it in, in any, in sweets and desserts and nothing, nothing. So I, my wake up is just a good cold shower, I would say. And uh, my energy is just internal. It's just, I have a lot of energy <laughs> naturally, <laughs> so I don't need a coffee. Can I just specify that the views expressed by guests are not those of the doctor's brew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it's, um, I mean, I, I, I get it because when, you know, when I was in high school, I didn't drink uh, hot drinks, including coffee, including tea. And I remember when I was, funny enough, in France with my dad, uh, I had green tea for the first time and I liked it. And I was like, oh my God, I found something I could drink. <laughs> uh, so I relate, I relate to the struggle. So yeah, um, I, I relate to your struggle with uh, not drinking the, uh, the hot drinks, coffee, but I have to admit, I cannot wake up anymore <laughs> without caffeine. That's the problem, you get used to it. It's a problem, but you know what? I, I think it's, it's, it's kind of a good thing. Uh, sometimes I actually like to, you know, I would love to develop the taste for it just because mm. it's part of a social thing as well, you know. Yes. Uh, let's get together for coffee, grab me some coffee, you mm -hmm. know, I'm drinking coffee while I'm waiting for someone. Mm -hmm. um, just uh, for me, it's just water. Um, I, yeah. I mean, I, I can relate, but <laughs> I had my coffee <laughs> and I'm a little bit awake now. Good. Uh, and so our shout outs for today, uh, Dream Med uh, Scrubs. Just to let you guys know, and this is a true story, the other day I was on the wards and a friend of mine 
you know, took a look at the scrubs and they were like, oh, can I, can I feel the, the quality of the scrubs? And they were like, wow, that's really, that's really good. That's re that good quality and it's super comfy. So Dream Med Scrubs, guys, we keep promoting them. Um, you, uh, I really recommend go out, check out their channel, uh, order their scrubs. They're really great. I'm wearing them all the time on the wards. Um, I can't promote them enough. And like we said, Doctors Brew listeners get um, a discount uh, code. We'll show it here on the screen. And um, please follow our Instagram channels uh, for more promotions. Uh, we uh, drop stuff, uh, collaborations like videos, stuff like that with DreamEd all the time for more, you know, goodies. Uh, you know, so stay tuned uh, for that. And the next thing is uh, uh, Studio Stretch out in Schwech. I mentioned it before. Um, they're a new stretch studio in Schweig. Uh They can stretch you out quickly for 30 minutes. Uh, shout out to Fiona from the UK there. She was super helpful in uh, everything uh, in, when, in my experience there. And uh, be sure to check out, a vi we're going to be dropping a reel pretty soon of my experience there. It was super great. Um, again, sometimes we're sitting a lot as doctors when we're studying, not when we're moving uh, on the wards. And uh, everybody needs a good stretch, so check them out in uh, Schwech. Yeah. So let's dive right into the meat of the episode. Let's get into uh, Dr. Jawan. So we want to know about you and clinical psychology. Uh, tell us about your career choice and what led you towards this career. Um, sure. Well, it is, and, and I'm very happy to say that it was a long journey, and, and I always say that because a lot of people think, oh, you're just a psychologist. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like um, um, psychiatrists want to be, you know, like because you didn't go into medic medicine or into the psychiatrist, then you became a psychologist. Mm -hmm. But in reality, is a long journey. Okay, mm -hmm. um, I started ever since I was in high school. When I took the first psychology class in high school, I was just fascinated by the understanding of human behavior. Mm -hmm. And it, I think I had that natural sense also, that gift that I was able to in tune with people's behavior, connecting why this person is behaving this way because it's feeling in a certain way, you know? So mm -hmm. I had that, I would probably say a gift. So very, very interested in the field, and then I decided I wanted to work with kids. Okay. And that's how I started. Mm -hmm. And so when I graduated from high school, I said I'm gonna go and study something related to kids. So I thought maybe um, preschool education, children education, some kind of educational um, arena or environment, and then I said, but you know, honestly, it's going to be limited. What are the things that I can do? What's the max? Mm -hmm. I always thought of what is the top of it. And I have to say that I was influenced by two very important people in my life, my mother and my elder sister, who is a medical doctor <laughs> and was uh, by then specializing in psychiatry. Wait, back. what do you mean back then? Uh, she switched specialties now? Well, she's not practicing psychiatry. Oh, okay, she's okay. now the vice president of a hospital. So, oh, okay. and she's a director of the um, uh, transplant unit in wow. the international center. So she's more into the admin. Wait, transplant? Transplant unit, the, the department. Uh, sorry, that's just interesting because psychiatry, transplant, yeah. 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 Okay, big she's, jump. But again, it was mostly administrative. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So she doesn't do anything to do with transplant mm -hmm. or surgery. Mm -hmm. No, it's just administrative. Okay. Um, and yeah, actually, their hospital is the number one in the U.S. Oshner oh. is the number one for liver transplant. Wow. So wait, wait, where is that in the U.S.? And Louisiana, New oh, Orleans. Okay, okay. Oh my God. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Super interesting. <laughs> so, so that uh, she she was introducing me to the whole thing of you know the potential of psychology, psychiatry. What do they do? And my mom always said. You know, if you go into the educational area, you will be limited to schools and, you know, become a teacher, become the head of the teacher, the owner of the teacher. Mm -hmm. um, don't limit your opportunities. Mm -hmm. And so then I started, you know, considering psychology and I talked. I, I think this is one of the recommendations that I always give. Uh, talk to people in the field, you know, try to shadow what is it that they do, you know, what are the opportunities or the different uh, alternatives that they can have. And I just, I got biased, you know, I just fell in love with it and I said, this is it. Mm -hmm. 
So I studied psychology back in Venezuela, mm-hmm. uh, which is a different kind of uh, program than, let's say, than in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a five-year program, and you go directly into psychology. Mm-hmm. So it's not like uh, like in the U.S. that is a four-year general college degree, bachelor's degree. Right. No, in there is just from day one you're in the psychology college. Okay. okay. And it's a five-year program, not mm. a four-year program. So it, back in the States, it will be equivalent to that four, four plus one, they call it. What is that? Like a four-year college plus an extra one that is almost like a master's. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, and then you do not graduate with a degree, let's say a bachelor's degree in psychology. No, you graduate with a clinical degree in psychology. Okay. Mm-hmm. So. So what would that? What would be the difference there? Because that that you know when I asked in the beginning, psychologist, clinical psychologist, um, I'm well, I'm aware that there's a difference. Like one is research, one is more yes. application. So then that's that's a good question. Um, again, back in in, in Venezuela, um, you can you can choose which area you want to go to. You want to mm-hmm. go into the educational, into the clinical, into the uh, perhaps. Um, uh, forensic psychology, which mm-hmm. one you want to go into, and I chose clinical. Okay. Okay. So that okay. is towards the last year. Then you start choosing, mm-hmm. and you do a dissertation. You have to have a dissertation. You have to have um, two years of internship hours. Uh, so it's it is really tedious, and it is almost equivalent to a master's. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. Um, so by me choosing clinical means that I got into the diagnosis component, into the abnormal psychology, all the different diagnoses, into the assessments, the mm. clinical assessment part where we were taught how to administer the different psychological assessments. Right. Which is fascinating. Mm. Um, and so then, yes, yeah, so then after that, so that was a five-year program. Then after that, I moved to the States. Uh, to the U.S. to do my master's degree. Mm -hmm. And my master's program was a two-year program Mm -hmm. from Loyola University. And so then after that, um, I did my Ph.D., which was a three-year program. Mm. So now right there, we're talking about about almost 10 years. And then um, I had my licenses. I had to work about two two years to um, become licensed, licensed Mm -hmm. marriage and family therapist Mm -hmm. and licensed... A professional counselor. So time-wise, you're it's, not saving any time. That's exactly what I. That's exactly what I was trying to say. You okay. know, like when people say, "Oh, because you didn't go to med school," I'm like, equivalent to, with all the respect to all the medical doctors. Mm. You know, I, I have a kind of like 12 year educational background. You know? But okay, well, I want to press you on something. Uh, there's a there. One thing that when I, I look at like, for example, therapists like online, what are the you know the mm-hmm. different options for therapists? There seems to be a lot of fuzziness about who can deliver therapy and their qualifications. There, you, it, it seems to me, uh, my impression, I don't know, that it goes anything from someone with your level of experience mm-hmm. who's mm-hmm. gone through a degree, a master's, PhD, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera, all the way down to someone who hasn't necessarily even studied at university mm-hmm. and has done a course yeah. in being a therapist. So what is the differences how does this you know is one better than the other is should there like what what do you think yeah good question and i don't know if this is a time maybe where i should kind of mention a little bit about the difference between a psychologist a life coach you know uh because <laughs> yeah. we need a to difference. it's a big difference <laughs> no, no. and so that's that is based on that on the educational okay. level and the years of of educational background that you okay. have um, you can compare someone with 12 years of an educational background with someone that just got a degree in one year, yeah. you know? Yeah. So they might have the, the passion, they might have the gift, and the intention. I always want to say I, I want to give them the benefit of it that yeah. they do have the good intention. But do they have the right professional tools and educational background to know, oh, oh, this is something deeper and we need to handle it this way? So why why can they deliver therapy? Why? Yeah. As long as there's consumers, Mm. you know, as long as you go to them, you will always be 
building them, you know, and, and that's one one of the biggest problems we have in Kuwait. A lot of people say, oh, going to Dr. Joanne, no, oh my God, a psychologist, I don't need it, I'm not that bad, mm-hmm. you know, uh, it, I, I'm not crazy, and I hate to use this word, but they do, they use it all the time, yeah, yeah. And, and I think that, so then instead of going to Dr. Joanne, let me go to uh, making the name, Sara, okay, mm-hmm. because um, she's nice, she's a coach, you know, she just has the training, but is not a psychologist, so it, so people think that is less um, um, severe, mm-hmm. their condition, and mm-hmm. so then they go to, to these people. Mm-hmm. So these people, I, I, I know a lot of, a lot of coaches mm-hmm. that charge probably three and four times more than what I do. Mm-hmm. And, and they don't have the, the qualifications, you know. Actually, I had a client that um, went to a life coach for marriage um, consultancy, let's say, to mm-hmm. concerns. The coach told her to start using more of this, doing more of that, to wear some kind of clothes. Oh, um, no. Oh, no. And she developed an eating disorder because what mm-hmm. was missed is that the self-esteem was... Mm-hmm. Not at the right place, I would say. Yeah. And um, the client developed an eating disorder. Um, mm-hmm. Hated her body. Uh, started to, you know, I would say, uh, avoid food or certain things. Mm-hmm. So it was very, very um, limiting to yeah. to her eating. And when the coach realized that, she said, "Oh, I don't work with eating disorders, so I think you need to go see a psychologist." Well, I mean. You know, so we you need we, to know your limitations. Exactly. Yeah. And that's what I always say. We need to know our limitations. Mm-hmm. And but okay, the the therapist or the coach, but what about the consumer? They don't know any better. Yeah. So they need to and I I love this this kind of uh, you know, sessions, podcasts, uh, interviews, all that to educate the consumers. Mm-hmm. You need to know what are you looking for? Mm-hmm. And you need to know at what point this is not what you actually need, and it's not going to be beneficial for you, you know? Well, arguably, I, I hope I don't get too much hate for this, but should it then be that people who don't have, you know, like life coaches, etc., they should not be allowed to provide these therapies? Because to be honest, like, I can't imagine a situation where I'd say someone who's not a medical practitioner, mm-hmm. whether it be yeah. a nurse, physician's associate, or doctor, I mean, in quit, nurses and physicians associates have different um, yeah. um, practicing capabilities in Kuwait, license-wise. Anyways, I wouldn't want someone to be like, right? I am, uh, which we have, we have a lot. Also with cancer, mm-hmm. cancer patients often, in especially in Kuwait, and psychiatric patients, all there are a lot of these uh, traditional yeah. herbal healers, yes. whatever, and yes. a lot of times they make things worse. I mean, with all the respect. With all the respect. Because they're trying to do good. Exactly. That's what I said at the beginning. Yeah. I really want to believe that their intention is a good one. Yes, yes. But I think is also, um, I would say, the the consumers. I mean, the customers, the clients, the patients, the, Mm -hmm. the, you know, the person ill wanting to believe on anything you yeah. know believe that this oil will 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 fix your I've problem been there. you know exactly mm-hmm. and that this uh, water if you take it with these drops it will cure the problem i will try everything i don't i don't blame them i will try everything you know but i think it is important to give it the level of of you know importance i would yeah. say to to the science at the same time you know to to that background, to that educational research, you know, psychology is not something that is a new field. Yeah. You know, it's been out there. So, um, there, there's some science attached to it. For so reason. then, okay, let's. Uh, you like you mentioned at the start, you said that uh, psychologists kind of like it, there's this view that psychologists are just the next grade down from psychiatrists. Mm-hmm. Some people see it this way. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Like there's this, you know. Mm-hmm. 
Now I want to uh, tell you. Yeah, I'm going to tell you my story of how I got into medicine, and I want to know what are your thoughts about the difference between a psychiatrist and a psychologist okay. as someone who's aspiring towards a career in psychiatry. So love it. <laughs> I, I I I don't. I think I've mentioned to you. I've always loved psychology. I've always loved philosophy, and you've you knew my yeah. father. Yes. He was yes. huge on psychology. Yes. Huge on that kind of stuff. So the the Khayat effect was was quite strong in me. Yes. Uh, he so I he you know taught me a lot of that stuff growing up, and so I wanted to pursue a career in psychology. I did summer courses in the states. I did courses in high school. It was the it was a big thing for me. But then he always told he, what he told me was like for the Bertha program. You know, this is a unique opportunity for you to go to medical school. And he says that you can always, even, you know, you can do med school, you can become a psychiatrist, and you can always still then shift your career. Shift, correct. He always said that's, you know, you will not, mm-hmm. you will not close this chapter mm-hmm. if you, mm-hmm. by going to medical school. So keep an open mind, go, and, you know, that, that way you can at least have, even if it's just prescribing is still a medic, it's a thing, it's correct. a thing in your arsenal, it's, you know, over going to uh, towards a career psychology says because you have this opportunity i took it and i'm you know i'm now i'm working and i love i i've i i fell in love with medicine with for people listening medicine is not all i love it it's great i want to end that kind of yes. talk it's very yes. tough so but now uh, the more i've gone through medicine the more that i've seen psychiatry the fuzzier the role of the psychiatrist is because i was influenced by people like carl jung mm-hmm. carl jung what He's the one who came up with theories on the collective unconscious, et cetera, et cetera. He's a psychiatrist. He's not a psychologist. And now, and psychiatrists more and more now. uh, Actually, wait, I have a a study about this. Data collected from the U.S. National Ambulatory Medical Care Survey showed that psychiatrists practicing psychotherapy from 1996 to 2016 has halved. So what is the difference between a psychologist and a psychiatrist? And a step further, should there be a difference? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I, I, we have to, you know, we have to be clear on this. Absolutely. And I, but I think the key, and this is what hopefully in Kuwait we will see happening more, is that they work together. It's mm-hmm. a teamwork, you know. Um, I, I worked in the States for several years, and that was beautiful. It mm-hmm. was like in the team, they had to be always a psychologist and a psychiatrist on yeah. the table. That's not necessarily the case here in yeah. Kuwait. But what is the difference, just to answer that? Uh, well, the clear difference is that a psychiatrist is a medical doctor. Mm-hmm. They went to school of medicine. Yes. Okay, They graduated as a medical doctor. Psychologists don't. As a medical doctor, a psychiatrist can prescribe medication. Mm-hmm. Psychologists don't. And please, I would like to clarify psychologists do not prescribe medication mm-hmm. um, nowadays in the states in the in the u.s there is there are, i think there are two states if i'm not mistaken i'm not that upda- updated um i think alaska i don't know which ones but there are two states that are starting that um to provide psychologists if they have a specific uh coursework on pharmaceutical um, education uh, that they can uh, prescribe medication. Mm, okay. So it's it's not um, it's not something big. It's not everywhere, but I guess it's kind of starting. Uh, but they have they have to have the particular educational background, you know, and it's, it's quite tedious in in pharmaceutical background. So okay, the psychiatrists can general, prescribe. No, psychologists do not. I just don't want to confuse people. <laughs> psychologists can prescribe. Psychiatrists can prescribe. Yes. Uh, but here's here's my issue. Mm-hmm. Psychiatrists can prescribe, great. Mm-hmm. But what I've seen that there is a greater shift that the psychiatrists kind of we come real quick in and out, 15, in and out, twenty minutes, fifteen twenty minutes. Yep. Here's your pill. Bye bye. Yep. Um, and. The, because, and uh, there's a logical reason for this because, you know, you need to allocate care. Their psychologists Absolutely. are more, you know. Mm-hmm. But is that is that good? You know, the arguments have been made that having too much health care, the more personnel that a patient has to deal with, yeah. the less likely they're going to seek care, the care, the less True. good the care is. True. You know? It's almost like the more stops the, the patient has to go through. Yeah, like psychologists and psychiatrists and yeah. somebody else, like yeah. too yeah. much. 
Um, true, okay. Um, I would say there are several psychiatrists that also do therapy, okay, mm-hmm. so they're therapists as well. Actually, I that was one of my um, mentors. She passed away uh, th- during COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, she was amazing. She was in Florida, and she was a psychiatrist and a therapist. So she would do psychotherapy mm-hmm. as well as prescribed medication. Mm-hmm. But that is not the common factor because of, common, again, I think there is a different <laughs> different components playing a game here. Mm-hmm. One of them is the amount of patients that they can see in one hour. Um, and if, yeah. if we come into the financial component also, mm-hmm. it's a big deal, you know, mm-hmm. I can see three patients in one hour and make this much money as opposed to 50 minutes, one patient and make this money, you mm-hmm. know? So I think there's there's also the financial component there. I wanna say that, uh, maybe not everyone, mm-hmm. okay? Um, but if they have a good teamwork with a psychologist, then they say, you know, you need to see this person on a weekly basis. This person will give you tools, strategies, mm-hmm. will be able to be with you for 50 minutes to an hour, yeah. you know, to sit down and go over your life, you know, all the different life components, yeah. uh, factors that are involved in this, mm-hmm. in this uh, presenting complaint or problem. And the doctor is focusing more on the prescribing. How is the medication working for you? What kind of side effects are you getting? Should we increase, decrease the dosage, change the medication? Okay, so they're more focused on that medical component of Mm. it, which is fine as long as there is a very close, again, connection between the two professionals. Um, One of my concern has been the fact that I see the client, we call them clients, we don't call them patients. I see the client for 50 minutes to an hour on a weekly basis. Mm-hmm. You can only imagine all the things that we discuss in this hour, yes. right? Details, details from, from the upbringing, from uh, my day-to-day, from uh, partners, family, friends, uh, emotions, day, night, uh, eating habits, social interactions, you name it. Okay? One hour versus 15 minutes, the number alone. Exactly. So then I can see that client as a package, as an entire human being with this, with this, with this. When that client goes to a psychiatrist, okay, and the psychiatrist gives him or her a questionnaire, answer this, ba 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 ba, and then they get an answer, oh, you're depressed, okay? And I'm gonna give you this. Of course, they answer some questions, they ask some questions, and and da 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 da. And of course, their experience, I'm not gonna minimize that. But in 15, 20 minutes, you know, it's quite hard for you to say, this is what you have. Mm -hmm. And so when I refer someone to you, for example, Aziz, and I would say, um, I'm referring this uh, client to you because she is suffering from anxiety, Mm -hmm. okay? And you see her, and then you say, no, She's depressed. Mm-hmm. Well, we do know that um, actually, I would say, Joanne says this, 90% of the clients who suffer from anxiety also suffer from comorbidity, depression. Comorbidity, yes. It's comorbidity. Um, and so, yes, it's true. She is also having some depressive symptoms, but the core, the presenting, is anxiety. Mm-hmm. Okay? And that's what I want you to treat the most. Mm-hmm. No very depressed this is what it is so i think that's when we need to start trusting each other and then you come and you tell me i'm the psychiatrist i'm the one that knows you know so there needs to be a a stronger respect respect. and and that's what i i hope to send the message uh in this podcast is that trust also the, the the fact that we do have the knowledge Mm -hmm. you know we do have the academic background to see uh, maybe not in every single case, maybe there are some more in-depth, maybe we're talking about schizophrenia, bipolar, maybe some severe cases this is where the that are maybe the medical component, yeah. uh, maybe there is a, um, a mess, let's say a multiple sclerosis uh, case and has a, a mental you know, component as well. That's when the medical doctor will come in, you know, there's a blood disease and then there's a mental disease, you know. Yeah. But 
but we gotta trust each other, you mm-hmm. know, and we need to trust the fact that I sit with this client for an hour a week. Mm-hmm. Trust me, you know, mm-hmm. and so the more we can open those channels of communication, the much better service the patient or the client will mm-hmm. receive, you know. Now, do you think in your experience, psychiatrists don't ha- like they don't their psychological knowledge is not too strong or is it strong um good question it depends on how you define the psychological knowledge Mm. i think they do i think it is good but the application of it the 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 Mm. actual implementing it is what i think is lacking Mm. okay um keep in mind the training and i don't know much you probably will be able to share more about it, but the training of it is rotations. Yes. How often you go, how much you stay mm. in, in, a, in a room with a patient. Yeah. It's a rotations. You go, the more senior you are, yes. the less time with the patient. The less patient. time. Like, so what yeah. happens to your, your skills? Mm. What happens to that knowledge? Back, 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 back. Exactly. It, it, it becomes up. more automatic. Mm, 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 so mm. then again, you have the knowledge and you probably have it even more than any psychologist, you know, but the application of it is different. We are trained to be long hours. We're trained to be talking and, and, and de-escalating when the problem gets to a level. Yeah. You know, the psychiatrist immediately will say, Let's medicate it. Let's give it some something to sedate, to calm down. Cannot work like this, you mm. know. We have the strategies to go through the process. We right. have the strategy to de-escalate. So, if let's say, what about in terms of the um, psychological knowledge, mm-hmm. the psychi- psychiatrist? Would you say the psychological knowledge is more so formal, or from experience? In the sense of like, there's a very big difference between saying this patient is clearly sad and you can tell because of xyz versus as per this theory proposed by this Mm -hmm. psychologist Mm -hmm. their probably unconscious mind is acting Mm -hmm. in this way and this defense Mm -hmm. mechanism Mm -hmm. is Mm -hmm. acting blah 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 there's a very big difference between those two things do you feel like psychiatrists have that kind of formal understanding uh of the the mind probably not probably not probably not because that's not what they study Okay, so how can they study that though? Because this is a new change. Again, before, we're looking at the 70s, 80s. Mm-hmm. Psychiatrists did, this was their stuff. They're the ones, a lot of psychiatrists. They actually created it or invented it or That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So what happened? It got shifted. And I think, again, I don't want to go back to, to that, but it got shifted because of the demand. Mm. And so again, a psychiatrist spending hours researching the theory of something when now we just need to go and see all the patients that need medication. You know what I mean? Mm. So that's how the psychologists became the researchers. Yeah. And now you see a lot of the researchers are psychologists, Mm. not psychiatrists. Yeah, that's absolutely true. Exactly. Because they were focusing more now, the psychiatrists are focusing more on the impact of the medication yes and you talk i i take my hats off with full respect when i talk in front of a psychiatrist and the psychiatrist says this medication will have this side effects and it will affect this and this and that so it's better to give him this than this amazing Mm. that's what they study you see but again the implementation of the theory leave it to the psychologist because that's Mm. what we research that's what we do uh we we go into the theory into the reliability of it you know Mm. can it be reliable can it work with middle eastern clients and it can work with westerners it can work in japan and it can work in china and it can work in in saudi arabia and kuwait Yeah. yeah that's what we do you know but what if a psychiatrist wants to be, let's say, more uh, psychological savvy? Absolutely. Welcome. How do we do that? How, uh, how do they do that? I think that? there's got to be the courses. You know, there's got to be uh, different courses. So there needs to be formal education? Yes. Okay. Yes, 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 yes. Um, I think also it comes to the uh, interest of the doctor. Of course. You know, what is your interest? Mm-hmm. Is your interest in a particular condition? Mm-hmm. Like, for example, let's say depression. Mm-hmm. So then you go into the whole arena of depression. 
impression, you know? Mm. What are the theories, what kind of techniques, what kind of uh, um, research we have, the latest research on, for example, I talked to a psychiatrist mm. about mindfulness, mm. and a lot of them will say, okay, I have to go now, you know? When I've seen in my practice the amazing impact that mindfulness has on yeah. on the the well-being of the client, of the su- success of the client, mm. uh, mental health, you know, so this is more day to day that the psychiatrists will probably not spend that much time on it, you right. know. So again, it's just the interest. Right. I think it, right. it all comes to the interest. What is your interest? What do you want to sit with your patient? and give techniques and look into this, then you have to have that training. Right. But I think the interest has been on medicating, stabilizing them, and passing them to us. Be- yeah, because <laughs> the, the focuses are different. And I'm yeah. very happy. I mean, I, I don't want to mention any doctor right now, but I'm very, very lucky, happy, fortunate that I work closely with a lot of psychiatrists yeah. in Kuwait. And they referred the clients to us. You know, yeah. they're the go see Dr. Joanne. You know, you mm. need to see you come see me every month, every two months, but you need to see her every week. Or mm. you know, so there is that again Alliance. trust mm. and, and believing in what we do. There are others that say no, you don't need to see her. I'm giving you the medication. You're stabilized. You don't need to see her. Yeah, but what do you? Okay, so on the topic of medication, mm-hmm. uh, I've from afar. Maybe I'm wrong here, so that I'm not saying this is a formal study or anything. But I have this, from afar, I feel like there's this weird clash. Psychologists hate medicine, and psychiatrists, doctors, love the medicine. And then they fight. And what I've noticed a lot of times is that the combination is actually the best thing. Mm-hmm. Studies have shown the best treatment for depression is not just sertraline, like antidepressants, but it's actually sertraline and the, the therapy. Absolutely. What do you think? Um, again, I would say it varies between person to person. Mm-hmm. I don't hate medicine. <laughs> again, I see it as a crutch, as a tool. Mm-hmm. If my bone is broken, I need to heal it. And yep. I need to take anti-inflammatories. I need to take antibiotics. I need to take whatever it needs in order for my <clears throat> bone to heal. Yeah. As well as physiotherapy and all kind of stuff. Yes. So it is all a combination <laughs> of it. Sorry. It's all a combination of things. Um, so I think that the more we understand the benefit of both, mm-hmm. the more it will, beneficial it will be okay. in the long road. Um, I, I don't think that the the word should be psychologists hate medicine. Mm-hmm. I just think that is not all. Okay. okay. And I always say, and also to everybody here in this, I always say the longer you wait the more severe the condition will be, yes. then for sure you will be having needing medication. Medi- you know, yeah, you, yeah. you will need medication. I have clients that have come to me really in a very bad shape, mm-hmm. and the first thing in my first session I say is, I'm sorry to say this, but in order for us to continue, you need to be on medication. Because then my work will be pointless. You know, mm-hmm. I will be talking to you mm-hmm. for a whole hour, Nothing's getting through. Nothing is going to get through. Yes. If, let's say, let's say again, depression. Um, if your depressive levels are very, very, very low, you know, or very high, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. I would say your energy, your um, way of coping with things mm-hmm. is very low. There's no way I can start implementing some kind of techniques with you because you're going to be, I'm lucky mm-hmm. that I'm here. Yeah. That I actually can brush my teeth. Yes. You know, there's clients yes. that cannot even get up and brush their teeth. And I'm going to tell them to do this and this and that. So I need to stabilize that chemical imbalance through medication. Yes. So then the therapeutic approach can come in. So that's, I've always, what I've always explained to patients is that the, the, pills, the medication will take the, 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 the symptoms, the somatics, the somatic symptoms, the fatigue, etc. But the ruminations, the thoughts, we'll the psychology. Stay. And what causes it mm-hmm. will cause stay there. That's there. Exactly. Now, what about for, this is, this is where things get a bit mucky and gray. What about conditions like bipolar disorder, mm-hmm. schizophrenia, mm-hmm. where the approach is primarily medication? Medical. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What is the role of psych- the psychologist, if any? 
Um, it, it definitely there is a role, okay. and it is because it's a supportive uh, ally. You know, mm-hmm. uh, the person with bipolar, which I do have um, quite few clients uh, with diagnosed with bipolar, mm-hmm. the primary uh, treatment is medication for life. You have to be on medication, and yeah. you have to understand that. Yes. Okay. However, my work with them is to work on how the day to day is impacting them. Okay. You know, the relationship with the spouse, mm. the relationship with their co-workers, because they get triggered, right? And they, they're mm. having ways of dealing with their emotional state is, is different than maybe any other person. Mm. So, again, is how is this impacting you, affecting you, uh, recognizing triggers? You start recognizing also some of your body, uh, somatic mm. symptoms. I notice that I'm a little more agitated. I'm sleeping less. So then I need to go see Joanne. I need to go start talking about what can I do. Mm. So we start looking at the whole day-to-day components that are affecting your emotional state. Medication is there and your medicine, your, your, your meds are working. Mm. Okay. But what is happening is when my mom comes and tells me this every day and just really gets on my nerves and how to deal with that. Mm. Uh, when my boss comes and demands this and it triggers my emotion and it makes me, how to deal with that? Mm. You see, um, society, I go to places and I get aggravated by certain things that the society is uh, imposing on me. Mm-hmm. How to deal, how to view the different perspectives perspectives and approaches to that. Mm-hmm. That's what we deal with. Right. That is not handled by the medication. Mm-hmm. The medication is targeting the somatic, the chemical imbalance, the, you know. Now, uh, controversially though, what, uh, what do you think on a spiritual level is the role of the psychologist? Because a lot, a lot of patients will really come with, and especially culturally, they will say, "Right, I need to pray this away." Mm-hmm. So, what, what, how does a psychologist absolutely come in here? listen? Mm-hmm. A, a good psychologist, and I will mm-hmm. say this: a good psychologist is non-judgmental, mm-hmm. is completely unbiased. Mm-hmm. Okay, you will meet me, and you will know me for about a year, and you don't even know. If what religion do I practice, if I am straight or not, if I have uh, some kind of problems at home, you will not know because I'm completely neutral when it comes to that. I am here for you. And so if that works for you and you have this belief and you think that praying will help you, let's use spirituality as a tool. Mm -hmm. I just don't want you to think that that will be it. And a lot of therapists use that. You need to pray more. You need to pray more. And a lot of the the clients that I see is like, I left that therapist because that therapist kept telling me, you need to pray more. Mm. Those are your beliefs, not mine. Respect that, you know. So if it's working, if you think that you need to. Now, one of the things is that is away from religion is faith. Mm -hmm. You got to have faith. Mm. You have to have. You have to believe in something. Because if you don't believe, you won't even believe in the process that we're doing right now. Mm. You won't believe in me. You won't believe in therapy. Well, I think it was Carl Jung who said that there's intellectual, emotional, and spiritual And spiritual. Absolutely. Yeah. It is Jung. And so then what happens is that if that spirituality is not there, who am I dealing with? Mm. A stone, you know? Mm. And so how can I actually get those emotions out and, and that hope of... Of a higher power. I used to work in a substance abuse inpatient institution, and and the first uh, kind of command or rule was uh, to believe in a higher power. The the twelve the steps. The twelve steps program. Yeah. yeah. And so you you have to believe that 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 there's something that will help you heal. You know. And how does in, that play with uh, atheist patients? It, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Atheist in what? What do you mean? That's, again, you're atheist religiously. Mm. You don't believe, I don't know if we want to go into that, but mm-hmm. you don't believe in a particular God, mm-hmm. right? But you got to believe in yourself. That's interesting. So to me, that's not atheist. If you don't believe in yourself, you know, like, you got to believe in yourself. you got to believe in me as a therapist. Otherwise, why do you came here? 
I, I, what I'm hoping people are taking away from this is that the role of the therapist is also to use spirituality as a, as a tool. It is. It and is. it's not to push you away from it. Exactly. So forever, anyone who's listening who thinks that yeah. psycho- psychological therapy w- is avoiding, you know, is just saying, is taking spirituality away, taking the role of religion, faith, whatever away, it's not. Religion, again, let's don't get confused, you know. Mm. Religion is different. What do you mean? Well, because I don't want to be in terms of like, um, I'm going to tell you to become Muslim when you don't right. believe in Islam. Right. Or be, tell you to become Christian, a Christian when you don't believe in Christianity, right. you know. But I need spirituality in the game, in the process. You, you just use whatever the patient. Whatever the patient believes. You believe mm. in the light bulb and the, the water will heal you. Let's believe that the water will heal you, you know. Mm. In terms of faith. I don't know if I'm confusing, but um, you got to believe in the process. I always say the reason why you're here to see me is because you hope that I can help you. So it's an unbiased. Exactly. Uh, mm-hmm. okay. Regardless, there's no religion involved or anything. Okay. I, I Again, I want people listening to yeah. take, uh, take away yeah. because um, I have seen, you know, cases of people being afraid that this is going to affect their the way that they practice and it shouldn't exactly it shouldn't okay it shouldn't. if that no not at all it shouldn't not at all and mm. and and it doesn't matter what religion i practice if i do mm. if any yeah it doesn't have anything to it's do with separate. that we're talking about science here mm. we're talking about spirituality here we're mm. talking about perspectives of uh, you know ways of thinking and that's what the psychologists work with right the distortive thoughts Working with the mind, I, I am a, my orientation is mainly a cognitive behavioral therapy, mm. and we work on the connection between the way we think affects the way we feel, mm. and the way we feel impact the way we behave. Well, cognitive behavioral therapy, yeah. I'm going to press you, I'm sorry okay. on this. <laughs> uh, criticism of cognitive behavioral therapy has mm-hmm. been that it doesn't, uh, doesn't look at the, um, the core root of a behavior of what uh, of what you know of mm-hmm. why why the maladaptive behavior behavior or thoughts are coming mm-hmm. but rather treat it teaches ways to cope with it mm-hmm. rather than understand what caused it mm-hmm. what is your response um true mm-hmm. to a, 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 a part of it mm-hmm. uh, but that is why i again this is me joan saying i don't believe in one solely approach ah and okay. so, yeah, maybe you can have an orientation to formulate your therapeutic plan. Mm-hmm. But then from there, you go into different things. I use I use cognitive behavior. I use positive psychology. I use, again, like I said, techniques from mindfulness. Mm-hmm. I use um, uh, client center uh, focus uh, therapy. I work with narrative therapy. I work with, uh, you know, I, the only thing that I don't work with is, I would say, the psychoanalysis. I don't go back to the to the past and dig into it and believe in um, hypnosis and I, I never practice it mm-hmm. to the respect to all of those who practice it but I don't um, there's DBT yeah uh, so there's there's many different approaches that you can use depending on the case mm-hmm. um, and, and I that's what I do it's kind of weird because there's no right way. Exactly. It's kind of so frustrating, the, actually, for me, coming from a medical pers- perspective. It, it, again, that's the beauty. That's what I say okay. is the beauty of it. Why? Who are we dealing with? Who? Humans. Mm. Is there a right way, wrong way no. of being a human? No. Are you going to tell me that I'm wrong? No, that's true. Exactly. So how can I say you need to think this way? You need to solve your problems this way. It just—it's so fascinating. It's fascinating, <laughs> but you know, because, I, like, for example, for me, like studying in the UK, it was all about the nice guidelines. Nice yeah. guidelines, the National Institute yeah. for Healthcare yeah. Excellence, yeah. and the nice guidelines, psycho- psychology therapy-wise. My again, this is just my opinion from what I've seen from the outside. Is I don't want to say it, it's slightly biased toward CBT mm-hmm. simply because CBT is more easily tested uh, mm-hmm. CBT is cognitive behavioral cognitive. therapy for anyone yeah. listening is more easily tested in randomized controlled trials etc 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 but then there's also like you know there's other forms of mm-hmm. therapy that you know like psychoanalysis 
I'm fascinated by psychoanalysis, mm-hmm. but it's very difficult to objectively test. Yes, true. Yeah. And again, it, it's many different um, approaches that you you will need, you mm-hmm. know, in order to go into that. Um, and to me, is how um, uh, how would I call it? not successful, but how I, I don't want to have my client, you know, discourage mm-hmm. being in therapy for three years, you know. Because psychoanalysis can be long, you know, so I want to give them that sense of we're getting there, you're getting somewhere, you're seeing the changes. Yeah, I Mm -hmm. am more, let's worry and let's concentrate on the present, the past is done. We want to understand it, Mm -hmm. but we can change it. Mm -hmm. So what we can change is what we're doing today in order for our future to be different than our past, you know, Mm -hmm. and that's a little bit of that foundation of CBD now as a as a psychologist what do you think about I I, this is my personal opinion this is not based off uh, research but I think that psychology like going to therapy would be useful for anybody not just if you're necessarily symptomatic please please Mm -hmm. yes and this is another message we want to send here you know Uh, that's the myth and that's the part that needs to be gun yeah. you know and and that's the thing the psychiatrist one of the differences a psychiatrist is there when the problem is there mm. uh, when yes medication is needed at times maybe medication is not needed but there is a, a condition okay um, maybe not a severe but a psychologist is for everyone I always say everyone should have in their phone book the phone number of a psychologist. I mean, I've uh, I've recently started seeing a psychologist, Absolutely. and the thing is, I don't fit the criteria for depression or anything. But after my dad passed away, I definitely had some existential questions I was thinking about, exactly. and I wanted to think about it in a non-judgmental, objective space. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. but it's not because exactly. I need to go and everyone, everyone, everyone. everyone uh, if you have children how to raise them or not how to raise them but what is the best approach is this right for my child for mm. me it's not a recipe book you know step one step two do and this, what do does that. it affect in you it's for me it's tailored to you so mm. i get to know you i get to know your environment mm-hmm. and i get to know what's best for you you know yeah so and, and, and it's a safe place i always tell my clients this is a safe place mm. when you leave this door you say done I left it there yeah not like if you have a good friend for example that you can you can you know vent and talk Mm. to the good friend or a spouse or something there's always that degree of a percentage of information that either you regret saying or that you withheld you know I'm not gonna say this to my husband because he will think this and this and that or he will be worried Mm-hmm. Or I don't want to worry him, you know. Um, or there is something. Why did I say that? Mm-hmm. You know. Now he's gonna use that against me. Or what would he think? It, you know. So there's always that with a therapist. It's not there. Nothing. Mm-hmm. There should be no regret. I mean, um, my favorite comedian, Bill Burr. He he once said to a heckler. He w- he made a joke and the heckler took it badly. And then he responded by saying, uh, "See, I didn't say what you're saying." I said something. You got it chopped up with your childhood, okay? Uh. <laughs> and now it's something else. And I, the way that I, I see it is that the therapists, they don't do the chopping up with your childhood. Mm-hmm. They're, you know, blank. We work on it. Yeah. We, we accept. Yeah. We, exactly. Non-judgmental, non-biased. Non-judgmental, yes. Love it. So, yes, uh, everybody should. Now, as uh, as the president of the Psychological Association, Association of the Middle East, yeah. I think you are the best person to comment on what is the status like where are we here in, in Kuwait and in the Middle East compared to maybe the outside world where are we uh, well that's a very big question because <laughs> it depends on the aspects you mention it okay mm-hmm. so if it is regarding um, standards uh, knowledge research we're way behind I would say very okay. much behind. Let's let's talk about and, and not being judgmental, mm-hmm. but let's talk about Kuwait. Yep. Okay. So, first of all, I 
um, the president of, of the Middle East uh, Psychological Association and I'm based in Kuwait, but we have chapters all over. We have um, UAE, Jordan, Bahrain, Qatar, uh, Lebanon, um, Kuwait. Really all over. And, and um, I'm missing one. UAE, Bahrain, Qatar, Jordan, Lebanon. Egypt? No, uh, Kuwait. Oh my God. Oman. Sorry, one of the most active ones. <laughs> um, uh, so yeah, so seven chapters all over the Middle East. And unfortunately, for example, in Kuwait, we do not have a licensing board. That I was about to ask that earlier, yeah. So do you know what that means? It means that life coaches can give uh, it therapy. It means anyone I mean. can be a psychologist practicing. There we go, yeah. We have bachelor's degree, mm-hmm. recent graduates, having a clinic and practicing. Yeah. You know? And so... To me, that's quite dangerous, <laughs> you yeah, know? Yeah. Um, you you have, need to have standards. In any you healthcare, have, you need to have standards. Exactly. And you have uh, uh, not only the standard, but the licensing board that oversees. You have to have that motivation. Unfortunately, if it's not internal, it has to be enforced by an external body mm-hmm. that says, you need to do this number of hours every year mm-hmm. of professional development, mm-hmm. you know? In yeah. Kuwait, we don't have that. Yeah, yeah. So people say... Conferences, for example, we put these events, we bring like more than 50 international speakers from all over the world, amazing top, top, top practitioners and, and researchers and the people, why, why would I attend? Oh, sorry, no, I had a gathering so I couldn't attend the conference. And these are psychologists in the field. Yeah. Why? Because there's no need for professional development hours. So that internal motivation is not there. So no need you know but mm. we need to be able to enforce that so we in need some standardizing you, in Kuwait in, in order the for East. you to practice mm. you need to have this license you need to have this number of hours every year mm. why because psychology is a field that is just evolving yeah, on yeah. daily basis you know yeah. and especially for example we see it now after COVID a big boom before in Kuwait we were not able to even mention the word suicide mm. We will be shut down if we mention the word, you know? Really? Yeah. And in an event, like if I have a title saying of a presentation with anything to do with suicide, really? it will be shut down. And so then now... That's crazy, though, because that's the, that's the backbone. Sorry, like for anyone listening, knowing about psychiatry. Psychiatry, essentially, step one, is this patient suicide. at risk of suicide? Yeah. Wow. So, so, but then again, we talk about it. We mm. see it. We see many cases, but... We don't, yes. And so now after COVID, mm-hmm. it has been the boom. Now is presenting cases. Now we see it in hospitals. Now people talk it's about it. COVID now boomed. Refer- yes. The, it's like mental health. The mental, I, the I, mental I published uh, an, an opinion, like a letter about this. And it was well shared and whatever. Because I predicted right before COVID hit, I looked at the definition of a mental health disaster. Mm-hmm. And then I, I said, right. COVID constitutes that and that we should treat it using the principles of disaster mental health management. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, n- that didn't happen. Mm. Here we are. Yeah. Cases have doubled. 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 So this is my, I used to work before my clinic, I used to work until six o'clock. Mm. Now I work every single day until nine. Really? And I'm still not coping with, not keeping up with the man. Wow. Wow. You know, so, and, and, and I always said is, is wartime. Mm. I cannot just go and say, okay, now I'm going to go home at six o'clock, you know. No, we were trained for this. Mm. We were ready for this wartime, mm. you know. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure it's not going to last. Hopefully it's not going to last because we're educating people. People are seeking help. They're people talking. Are. They are. They're, they're being more aware and, and actually admitting I need to go see someone. Mm-hmm. I've, I've had in the past couple of months, people coming to see me for the first time saying, I noticed some things were not right. My mood, I'm easily irritated. And I just wanted to come and consult with you. Mm. Amazing. That's huge. That's, that's huge. That's, that, that's want, stopping you know? someone before it becomes a pathology. Yes. I have a client who has a mother being diagnosed with bipolar mm-hmm. and grandmother with um, a severe depression. Mm. And she comes, she's fine. Um, she's in her early 20s and she comes once a month to see me. And I'm just fascinated. And she says, 
I came for my monthly check-in, you know, mm-hmm. and and she just talks about what's happening in her life and at work. She goes and she does physical activity. She exercises every day. We talk about her social, you know, life interactions. How are they? And she says, this is my contribution to preventive. Yes. And this is key. This is exactly what I did recently so with being a therapist. someone with that history or genes, okay, is more prone than someone else, right? Yes. Of developing a mental condition. But she's doing what she needs to do. This to is looking after it. your health. Exactly. That's There's no health 100%. without mental health. Oh no! When people ask me why did you want, why are you going for psychiatry, and I, I give a very grim response. I always say, you can do a surgery, you can do your antibiotics, you can do anything, but in the end, if that patient leaves this hospital and goes and commits suicide, you've done nothing. Your work was nothing. Yeah. Nothing. True. So True. that's it. It always boils down to uh, to mental health. Yeah. Um, well, I think th- those are all the questions that I wanted to ask here. This has been a fascinating interview. I answer. <laughs> no, I, I loved I loved hearing the perspective outside of medicine, uh, in healthcare, but not outside of medicine. Because I think we one thing we always learn in med school is that don't be biased. Yes. Gain perspectives, yes. gain views, and so the only way that we can break the bias is by hearing. You know, uh, that's why we need to, in MDT meetings, you need to hear from nurses, you need to hear, hear yes. from physiotherapists, you need to hear from everybody to be able to give one solid treatment plan for a patient. So uh, I hope everyone here listening, watching, uh, has been as fascinated with this interview and as motivated as I am. Thank you so much for Thank coming. Thank you. Really, really a pleasure. It was it, time run fast. No, yeah, no, like that. <laughs> and I can talk. That's for sure. I can talk. <laughs> uh, you know, every every guest that comes on, uh, the, one of my first guests, uh, they they said, um, "Oh, what am I going to talk about for one hour?" I was like, "Okay." Trust me, it will pass. Just come. Uh, pass. Just come. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, so that's the last sip of coffee for the day. A final special thank you for our guest and uh, last shout out uh, to uh, uh, Studio Stretch in Schwech and Dream Med Scrubs uh, again. Uh, go check them out and please follow our socials uh, and to keep up to date with the Doctors Brew. Until next time. Thank you. Thank- Hope you all enjoyed this episode of the Doctors Brew. New episodes to listen to with a cup of coffee coming your way every Sunday on YouTube and Spotify. And be sure to follow us on Instagram for all the latest updates. See you next time.